Okay, I'm not sure how to do this, but um, this one involves like children and and sex trafficking and abuse and death and it's all sorts of unpleasant. So it's a nightmare, and I woke up and I didn't want to go back to bed, and then I wo I went back to bed, and it continued. So, warning. Okay, um, oh, where should it start off? Okay, it kind of started off with two girls at school, and, God, I really only remember the end. There were two girls at school, and one was kind of rich and, like, pompous and whatnot. And then the other, um, was, like, the average from middle class family, generally a good student. Um, and they're, like, seven or eight. And, um, the, the richer one, like, I don't know, um, her, her family was not necessarily physically abusive, but physically abusive threatening, like, they never actually hit her, but there was threats of it, um, and then mentally abusive up the wazoo. And something happened, and those two, they weren't friends, that was, that was the, the kicker, is that this chick was not a friend, um, but she figured out what was happening, and was trying to help her, but the little, the, um, the, the, the rich -er girl got so done with it one day or one night it was night and she decided that she was gonna run away or do something bad to herself um I don't remember exactly what the plan was but I know that the 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 middle class girl god I need names um was going over at night to go see her and saw her running away and knew what she was going to do. Um, so then, um, we get to, like, a ski lift, I guess, but it's in the middle of, like, spring or summer, so there's no snow. Um, and then there's a good chunk of my dream was trying to figure out how the ski lifts work because they go like past poles and there's metal involved, but that was a whole different, that has nothing to do with the rest of the dream. Um, so the little, well, the rich one has blonde hair and the middle class one has brown hair per standards and stereotypes and whatnot. So let's call her the blonde. Um, the blonde was going up and they had to like hand crank this metal hmm. it's almost like a ladle I guess it's because I, I don't know it, it's almost like a ladle and they were 
standing in the like the bowl of it and then there's a stick that came up and attached to the to the wires and then they had to do it was almost like they had to pull on a hanging wire um to get up and the blonde is just going she doesn't know that the brunette's following her um and the brunette can see her and it's like it's from the brunette's point of view and she's just frantically trying to, to go get to her. Um, and so she gets one of those and she's kind of like going faster. And something happens. I want to say it was the blonde's fault. So she, she did something wrong or she made a mistake. Something happened. And the cable snap. And because of where the blonde was... Um, the cable snapped, but hers were fine. It was like there was a, a catch, um, and it broke after the catch, but it, like, the, the brunettes weren't fine, and they were very high up, and, um, and she falls, and she lands on a road, which doesn't seem safe, it shouldn't go over a road, but she lands on a road. And then the the thing, um, the, the big metal ladle that she was in falls on top of her. And then, yeah, I, I guess my brain translated the ladle into a truck. I don't know why, but it was the, um, like the front of the truck. <gasps> Sorry. Um, and it was kind of like vertical, like. Yeah, and then the truck falls over, so it's, like, normal. So, like, the, the front end with, like, the radiator or whatever, the grates, was the part that landed on her. And the blonde comes comes down because she sees, she looks behind her and sees what happened. And um, comes down all the way to the girl, and the, the little brunette is, like, still alive. And she, like, she hurts. And she's asking for her mom. And, like, there's there's nothing that the blonde could do. And the, the road that they're on is not populated. There's no phones close by. They don't have cell phones. And, um... And, like, it's the middle of the night. And she doesn't know what to do. And she's just... They're just there together, and that's why I woke up. Um, and it was just really, really, really sad. Um, there was an air of, like, the blonde was, one, blaming herself, because the whole situation was, in her mind, her fault, which I, I, don't, I don't know, whatever. But then on top of that, it was that the brunette had, like, big plans for herself and the blonde was going to end her life um, because she was had, didn't have a happy home life and it was just the the blonde saying that like now she can't she can't do that because her friend died now and it was just it was just a whole sort of fucked up and messed up um, so I woke up from that and it was like real sad. 
I don't have the light, so I couldn't really record, and I really didn't want to, but then it continued. I, I was trying to, I tried to go to bed after, like, watching a few YouTube videos, hopefully that would, like, clear my brain, but it didn't, um, and now it was about me. Um, so, now, I don't, I know that this, this, this main bad guy is that girl's father, uh, the blonde's father. I don't know the the blonde girl doesn't play a part in the in the dream anymore and no one talks about the whole death situation this is more about like her evil father um so basically he he kidnaps children to be um what's it called uh like he does sex trafficking um but maybe it's more like adolescence. Um, and now, now this is, this is real me imagining me and, oh, I, I just know he's after me. And my, like the, the short version is I'm living with my mother. She's drunk and isn't listening to me. And my little sister comes over, um, and she, thinks that I'm just exaggerating and that's the whole I'm just trying to keep the two safe and me safe <laughs> um and then there's backstory oh I'm trying to remember okay so I think it starts off with I need to go visit my my family um I have family in Texas and my stepmother booked the flight but didn't check and it sends me to like Oregon instead of Texas. There was a city that was named the same. Um, and I just lay in there and I'm all confused because <sighs> I'm an adolescent and I didn't look at the ticket and put two and two together. So I call her and I'm like, hey, I'm in Oregon. What the fuck? Um, and so she has to buy me a new plane ticket. So I'm just sitting in an airport and like I don't really exactly have money. <laughs> Um, and someone notices and they, they're like, Hey, like, let me go get you food. And it's this, this older guy kind of looks like Red Foreman. Let's just go with Red, um, from that 70 show, whatever. Um, but he's in like a business suit and looks like a tad younger. Um, and dummy agrees and we're chatting and it's getting more like him he's like oh I, li I live in the Phoenix area why don't I just take you back and then you can fly from there to there it's it's cheaper for your stepmom that way and I say no because <laughs> like even dumb adolescent me can put two and two together that that's weird um, but I feel okay talking to the dude and don't want to offend him because we're in a public space. Um, I, I, like, no matter what, nothing can happen because I'm, I'm in public right now. And I just don't want to offend the dude who's buying me food when I'm sitting at the airport for six hours. Um, and I'm finding it weirder and weirder that he's just staying. He's not getting onto an airplane. He's not going anywhere, not looking at the time. Um, 
And then I get a call from my stepmother saying that, oh, she just drove up to the air, airport in Oregon because the tickets were too expensive. Um, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's fine. I tell the dude that I have to go and I leave. Nothing happens. I get into the car with my stepmother and my little sister. Um, and they just decide to take me to, uh, Oh, sorry. Uh, back to Phoenix. Um, and they're just like, it's a long car drive, whatever. And so I land, or not land, I, I, we arrive in Phoenix and my little sister decides, hey, this, why don't I just hang out with you here and then I'll fly back. I'm like, sure, that sounds great. Um, and so then we go in into my mother's apartment and like she doesn't have any questions about why we're there but she's um she's drunk and a little slow and like responding to things and so then um oh, what happened some time passed and there was a, a thunderstorm and um, Skyla and I were sharing my room, which had a, like, a full bed and teenager stuff everywhere, um, but I had a balcony. On, we were on, like, the second story, and I'm being a movie teenager because I was, and I was looking outside at the storm while Skyla was sleeping. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, while my sister was sleeping, and I... I, I start seeing this car and it's not in a parking spot but it, it's it's night and I can see the headlights and it's just kind of like in the parking lot and it goes away and then it goes and it hangs out in a different spot and it goes and hangs out in a different spot but it's not parking and no one's getting in or out and it's weird and um I notice it and like all of the places can see the front door of my place the um the the balcony is kind of like in a like unless you were in the apartment it didn't make sense where the balcony was um which is actually pretty pretty normal for places here um and so then Oh, okay, so I see the, I see the car, and I get the heebie-jeebies, um, and it, I, I just, like, make a mental note, and then I go to bed, and then, oh, I'm trying to remember, oh, wait, hold on, oh, there was a side thing, there was a side thing, um, it was almost like my mother was in a cult. Oh, God. Ooh. Well, I don't remember. Um, I want to say that my mother was a cop. Someone was a cop. Maybe it wasn't my mother. Um, yeah, someone was a cop. And it, was a, it was a woman and a dude. And... Oh, okay, okay, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. 
Um, so there's a woman and a dude and their cops and their partners. And a long time ago, um, the, the man had some serious, like, depressive PTSD, messed up, like, drinking, alcoholism, drugs, the whole thing. Like, he was at his absolute lowest point and being, like, a dirty cop and everything. And I don't remember exactly what the female was doing to change it, but that was kind of like a flashback. And then in the moment of the dream, it was that woman talking to um, that dude's wife. And the wife, I just remember, like, she was beautiful, and she looks at the cop who I don't see because I'm seeing through her eyes. Um, And the wife says, I love my husband, and he loves me, but we, I don't spend, like, you spend more time with him than I do. And we've both seen him at his worst, so we know we can get through this. And, like, okay, that settles, and then it pans over to, like, a henchman of that other dude. Um, so that henchman is, like, he quit being a cop so he could be security for this evil guy, but they don't know that. He, she thought that he just retired to go be, like, a private eye or something. So that's just that dude's backstory. I just remember, like, very clearly the nothing he can be doing right now can not be any worse than that. We've we've lived through the worst of it. And just the the relief of talking about that. That no matter what he's doing, he, he can't do worse, which he can. Um Oh, and then the rest of it was just, I don't, it's a little jumbled. I remember I went to school. Um, my sister doesn't go to school here, so she didn't. And I remember leaving and it was like, I had to walk to a bus stop and I remember walking to the bus stop and seeing red like like it was I ran into him he wasn't intentionally near me like how could he know that I was going to this bus stop um I see him and I like I look and he like turns around and he's like oh hey and I was like uh oh um and he's just like talking and talking and um I said, I have to, like, go wait for the bus. I'm going to miss my bus. I have to go. And he offers to drive me home. And I say, no, no, it's okay. Um, and he's very insistent. Eventually, like, I was up front. I was like, I don't feel comfortable with that. No. And he kind of looks affronted. Um, and then, like, I say, I'm sorry. I got to go by. And I run to the bus because the bus is there. Like, I was leaving for a reason, um, because, like, I wasn't about to run to the bus and then just sit there, uh-uh, um, and I get home, 
Oh, I think he was getting out of his car into like a business building. Because I recognized the car. That was another clue. Um, or, well, no, I didn't recognize the car. I recognized the headlights, like the shape of them. And maybe like the front of the grill. Uh, and I thought that those looked very similar. And I was just like, if, iffy about the whole situation. And, um, and so then I get home and I walk up to my apartment door and my little sister has it open and she's talking to this big, big man. And I was just like, dude, we're kids. We're not supposed to open the door, especially for very large males. <laughs> um, and it's the whole thing and I walk up and I'm being assertive and just little me is like hey sir what are you doing here I'm sorry I have to go take care of some things we gotta close the door bye and then I, I closed it locked it locked whatever double locks I had I turned to my sister I'm like well, what the fuck and she goes on saying that uh he was very nice and he was looking for you. Um, you left something in his car. Maybe that was, no. Uh, you left something at the airport. And like she didn't think that that was weird. That the airport was in Oregon. And now there's a big man showing up. Um, and I'm, I'm dragging the story along. Let me make it faster. Um. So then the night, the night goes on and I know some more weird stuff. And it's kind of like I've pan into that dude, into Red's brain. And, and oh, as, as me, I knew that he wanted a sex thing. Like his, his vibes were, were in a, like he said nothing sexual, but I, I could see his eyes like going up and down casually, like not leering, but just like when he thought I wasn't looking, he would go lower. Like I was a young, younger kid. There's not much. Um, and so then it pans over to his brain. And I remember thinking that I like him saying, I'm not going to sell this one. This, this one's mine. Um, and so there was a, a series of attempts to to get me especially like my mother was drunk and answered the door uh, my sister decided that she wanted to go to the grocery store by herself and I could I didn't know where she was and I looked out the window and I saw her walking down the street and um, and I saw the car like be there and then start to follow her so then I'm, I, I leave and I'm running and I'm chasing her, which ironically, my sister's blonde and I'm brunette seems similar. Um, and so I remember that in my, in my dream, I remembered like that story and I was like, don't get hit by a truck. Okay. I can't get hit by a truck. Um, and the guys were driving like an old Lincoln, so they weren't the truck. Um, and so I'm running to go catch up to her. And I'm being very aware of all the vehicles near me. 
and I and I get her, and we're it's like a nighttime. I forgot to mention that it's nighttime. I don't understand why everyone wants to go out at night. Um, and I, I grab her by the arm and say, like, what What are you doing? There's bad guys. There's bad guys trying to get us. Why are you outside? Why are you answering doors? Why is everybody an idiot? And um, the bad guys pull up and something happens. There's an exchange of words. Somehow, like, we get away, but it's more like... It's a combination of they didn't want to grab us in front of people slash they're letting us get away because they like the chase. And so, like, we're not running away. People can see us and we're just, like, walking firmly away. Go back to the apartment. I explained the whole situation to her. She's like, no, that's just a coincidence, blah, 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 not believing it. Um... And then there's a series of people trying to get into the house. And I think something happens and it's either my sister or my mother or someone gets captured and I, I trade myself. That's that's the heart of it is I, I go with the dudes. Um, and then I'm at their house and it turns out he's like a cult leader. And it was just, it was just weird. I don't, I don't remember how to, I remember being kind of like tied up and made to wear like a a white semi-see-through dress, like a sheer dress. Um, and then like white pure looking underwear, (laughs) um, uh, and no bra and I'm like tied up and forced to to hang out in this room um what was it yeah the, the room had like a like dark red walls and it was a big four poster uh like cherry wood bed with like the canopy and whatever um very like evil villainesque, you know, black silk sheets and whatever. Um and I'm I'm tied up there and I just don't know what to do. And I'm expecting the the older man to to come in and do the stuff. Um, because I heard him say he's she's mine. Um but then the the henchman comes in and I somehow know his backstory and think he's a cop and some that he's there to save me. But uh like I hear his I hear his thoughts as like an like as the, the narrator or the person watching this movie and in the same voice he's saying, She's mine and I didn't even notice that like in the previous thing both of them were in frame and the the evil man is like looking and talking about the plan and there's a pause and he's like she's mine but in the background you see the evil henchman dude with a a, a photo and he's just looking at a photo and it like pans over and the photos of me and it was just creepy because I was expecting the old man and all of a sudden it's this bad dirty cop <laughs> 
Um, and then I, I don't know, there was, and, and then it kind of gets freaky. There's, um, like in a dream sort of way, it was kind of like, I didn't want to pay attention to what was definitely happening. There was 100% sexy things. It was kind of like in the dream, I closed my eyes. So I didn't hear it or pay attention. Um, but I remember the dude was taking his time. And then I was envisioning in the dream. I was, I was like going away and trying to imagine an escape plan. And it involved stuffed animals that were going to come rescue me. And then there was grapes that would make people fall asleep. And there was an evil woman that was part of the house because she, she sacrificed herself since she was in the cult. And so she was the house and was the defense system for the house and there was like arms they were gonna stretch out and try to get me um and it was just I think the last thing I do remember is like the dude was on top of me but not like I was all squished together you know trying to keep him away and I remember those like fleshy girl vines grabbing like all of my limbs and making me spread eagle and like there was nothing I can do I could not move at all and that was kind of like a sleep paralysis thing so I woke up just flailing and my heart rate was through the roof and it just overall was unpleasant yeah I'm, I didn't translate the dream very well there is there is so much more like little moments of terror um wait hold on little moments of it inescapable oh that's not the right word um like evil and I just couldn't there, there was nothing little kid me could do to make other people believe and to make other people try to keep me safe which is the the hard part um, that I was like, in most dreams, I'm like, yeah, save the other person. But in this one, I was just trying to save myself and no one would help. I was asking for help and no one would. Um, and yeah, it was just, that one felt weird. Like that second half. <sighs> anyway, I have to go get ready for work now. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.